Hey man, what's going on? One two one two. Oh man, yo, listen. Uh, it's Stokely from Source on the Lake. You know I'm gonna delete a lot of these things because uh, they're offensive. But anyhow, man, Moses, man, look at Moses. I was thinking about Moses. What was I thinking about Moses? Moses didn't have to do it. Jesus didn't have to do it. You know, Moses had to spend some time up in the hills. Jesus had to spend some time up in the wilderness. You know, when Moses was up in the hills getting the commandments, the people were down there just being, not having any faith, not holding on, even though they saw all those miraculous works and they were delivered and all of that wonderful stuff. Even though all of that stuff happened for them, they were still um, ungrateful and they, they didn't have faith. And you know, I'm definitely not above that. Because look at me, I'm even um, con contemplating different um, ideas that are contrary to, you know, popular Christian doctrine. So is that showing me that I don't have faith? I don't know. Then again, Christianity is man's interpretation of what God is saying. It's not necessarily God is saying all of that stuff. But anyhow, Moses now, he's a great story. I mean, no, his story is a great story. I don't have a great story. But Moses went up into the mountains. He had to spend some time up in the mountains. It took him a long time to walk up there. He was there up a long time until people was like, oh, he's up there too long. He don't know what he's doing. We're going to make an engraving image. Now, Moses is a significant figure in any Christianity, but, um, you know, mo most of the, most of the, when it comes to the Baptists, they're more, in, you know, most of the, the, the modern day Christians and the Baptists, they're more into Jesus. Um, which is understandable. Like I said, if somebody's going to say, oh, I'm going to take away all your problems. I'm going to cancel all your debts. If somebody came to you and say, listen, I'm going to cancel all your debts. You would, you would vote for that guy. That's basically what Jesus is doing. You know, he, he's coming and saying, listen, I'm going to cancel all your debts. I'm going to cancel all your sin. You just got to believe in me. Give me your support and subscribe to whatever. And um, I'm going to cancel all your debts, all those bad things that you did. And every time you do something bad, you know, you just call on me, put your faith in me, and I'll, and I'll cancel that debt for you. Don't worry about it. Isn't that a wonderful, for free, for free too. It doesn't cost you anything. Isn't that wonderful? Well, I don't really know what Judaism or Islam believe, but they're more Abrahamic. They're more back in the Old Testament style of things where, hey, listen, man, you're not, you're probably not going to be forgiven. So don't, don't do that. You're not going to be forgiven. Maybe you might, God might be merciful and extend some grace to you, but hey, it's not guaranteed. You can't just do this or do that. And then it's going to be cool. He, you know, he's not going to forget. He's going to get you back. Unless he feels like, you know, he don't want to get you right. But the Old Testament, listen, King David, King David did a lot of dirty things, even though he was God's favorite. And then he got punished for it. You know, he never got to see his temple built. One of his sons killed his other son. One of his sons raped one of his daughters. Um, you know, he didn't really have a good time near the end part. And, you know, he didn't ascend to heaven like some of the other people that are supposedly ascending to heaven. Like Mes Melchizedek and El Elijah and uh, who else? I don't know who else. So, um, yeah, it seemed like you only ascend if you are born without sin, but whatever. So, the... Um, uh, I, I don't have a lot of biblical knowledge. 
but you know, I'm just freestyling. The um Yeah, the Old Testament religions, they're not really into all of that forgiveness stuff. You do something wrong, you're gonna get punished. That's the that's a meritocracy. That's the kind of society, well, I'm going to offend some people. That's the kind of society that encourages people to work harder, basically. Um, if you do good, you'll be rewarded. That's that's how we ch kind of teach our kids. We say, you know, listen, you go brush your teeth and, and you, whatever, you know, you'll get a candy or, I don't know what I mean, not exactly, but if you be good, Santa's going to give you a gift. That's a meritocracy right there. I'm saying if you do the right thing, you'll get rewarded. If you do the wrong thing, well, either you're not going to get anything or you're going to get punished. That's how it should work. That's how the law works. Somewhat. If you commit a crime, you got to pay the fine. Or you do the time. Whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? We work off of that same premise. We work off of the Old Testament premise. Now, <laughs> now people are going to get offended if they're uh, leaning left, which... I'm not gonna claim any demographic, but they want, you know, I'm all for reform and rehabilitation. I'm all for reform and rehabilitation because I think every person is useful. Every person, you know, has a story, but are we gonna use their story to excuse the harm that they committed to other people? Are we thinking about the victims? Are we thinking about the victims? of people that do bad things are we thinking about the victims or are we just thinking oh well you know this person we have to lock them up but yeah maybe we shouldn't lock them up because you know they had a hard life well i mean look at it like this if you have a pit bull right and you train your pit bull to fight and you train your pit bull to attack like there was a guy that lived around the lived around a block from my house he used to train pit bulls one day his pit bull was in the yard and a cat was on the fence was it the cat on the fence no the dog jumped over the fence the dog is ferocious they bark at people all the time but this day they saw a cat and they jumped over the fence and chased down the cat and thrashed him and tore his guts open and killed him and I saw the cat there writhing and dying right there on the sidewalk. So, he didn't, I mean, he didn't do anything to his dog. I mean, that's what he trained his, he trained his dog to fight. He had tires in the backyard that he put meat inside and he had the dogs jumping up and grabbing it, grabbing it and, and tugging on it to make their neck strong. He put chains on their neck to make their neck even stronger so they can thrash even more. You know, he, he trained them to be fighters. And he was breeding dogs also. He breed dogs and he fight dogs, which is illegal. I don't know where he is now. It's, it's funny, that same yard that he grew up in, another guy used to live in that same yard that owned a chop shop. The chop shop caught on fire. A firefighter died fighting the fire in the chop shop. And he went to jail for that even though he didn't cause the fire. That's ridiculous. Anyhow, whatever. Um, what else am I saying? So, so when that dog kills, that dog was trained to kill. 
That dog was not necessarily born to kill, but that dog was trained to kill. You know, I mean, a dog is, is, is a carnivore by nature, yes. But he's feeding them dog food, kibble and meat and whatever, they, whatever else, probably raw chicken, I think he's probably feeding them. So he gave him a taste for that. A regular dog on the street might bark at a cat, might want to chase a cat, but they won't even bite the cat. As we can see a lot of videos on the internet. And that's what the cat assumed also. Maybe the cat had that experience before because sometimes you see cats on the street. The cat will run a little bit. Then they'll stop and hiss. And sometimes that deters the dog. But this dog was not deterred because it was already trained to pursue and kill. So, humans now. Humans now who had, whatever, in their formative years been traumatized filled with PTSD, filled with whatever, filled with evil spirits, PTSD, or whatever else you want to call it, whatever else other excuse people want to use to release them back into the general population. These people are trained just like that pit bull. You wanna if you're if you respect animals and the animal rights, you know that we're not like we're not different from the animals. The whole Pavlov dog experiment is something that isn't a psychological phenomena only relegated to Pavlov's dog or dogs. It's something that's observable in humans also. I'm pretty sure psychologists know that, but hey, I'm not a trained in anything. So, when these people are in our society and they commit crimes or whatever they're doing, being toxic, nowadays we want to just release them and say, oh, well, we're not going to keep them, we're not going to keep them in the jail until they see their court date. We're just going to release them back out. And just hope that they show up at their court date. Whatever. It's, it's fine. And then while they're out on their bills. Because sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't get a court date for six months. Eight months. Nine months. A year. 18 months. Or they might delay your court case. They might delay, delay your court date. They delay it, delay it, delay it. So you might have committed a crime a year ago. And you still, yeah, maybe you went to court, but you didn't spend any time in jail. Except for maybe when you just got the initial arrest, which is maybe, I don't know, two days. I don't know, until you can see a judge. And a judge gives you another date to come back and they give you another date to come back. At the same time, you're, you're free out on the street. And you're still this toxic, dangerous person that's roaming around. Now, you know, I'm, I'm going off on tangent, but... The Constitution gives us the right to a fair and speedy trial. That means you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be there locked up, just waiting forever for a trial. You should be, you have the right to a fair and speedy trial. You should be, the the system should be processing everything and going through everything in a timely manner. 
without holding you up, without trying to slow you down, without trying to hold you unnecessarily. I think that's called habeas corpus or something like that. I'm not sure. So, I understand now they're saying, you know what, the, 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 the courts are backlogged, so guess what? We're not going to hold you up. You get back out there and we'll call you when, you know, when it's time for the next court date. This way we can't, you can't say that we're holding you, we're not giving you a fair and speedy trial and we're not violating your habeas corpus or whatever, uh, whatever, whatever that means. We're not holding you unjustly without conviction. So, anyhow, that's, that's part of it. So, so there's no, anyhow, no cash bail is the thing that they've been implementing in a lot of cities which doesn't really which which is which is good in some ways and not good in some ways it, it's basically allows you if you're poor you shouldn't just have to spend time in jail because you're poor you shouldn't have to spend time in jail just because you're poor you should spend time in jail because you're a threat to society so no cash bail really what it means is if you're charged with a crime and you're arrested, your, your, your ability to leave the jail shouldn't be determined upon how much money you have. Whether you can bond out or bail out or whatever the terminology is. Somebody with a lot of money, they can just get out. Somebody with not a lot of money, they gotta sit in the jail. That's not right. If they committed the same crime, they should do the same time. They should have the same amount of time in jail. They should they should be in lockup the same time. But that's ideally how it should work. But it seems like it's working in a way where instead of doing it the way that I just explained it, how it's being done is they're saying you commit a crime, no cash bail, you can walk out. There's no cash bail. So you can just walk out. No. The judge should determine their threat to society still and keep them in jail instead of saying, oh, you can pay your way out. Which I guess is a money generating system, really. That predict that predilects. I don't know. Predates. That What's the word for predator? What's the word for predator? That preys upon. Yes. Okay, there's a word. It's a money generating thing like tickets and stuff like that that preys upon, I guess, primarily. Well, it preys upon criminals. And uh, it more drastically affects the poor because they don't really have the money, but they're going to give up the money to get out of jail. But um, it's a money generating thing when you think about it. Oh, you're danger to society, but guess what? If you pay some money, we'll let you out. Oh, you're a criminal convicted, you know, you're accused of a, a very heinous crime. But if you pay the bail, we'll let you out. That sounds like bribery. That sounds like corruption. That sounds, that doesn't sound right to me. This, you know, but hey, whatever. I mean, I, I'm not, that's not what I'm arguing right now. I'm not a legislator and I'm not a elected official. Um, I'm a capitalist. But you know what I was thinking? Capitalism is, uh, is uh, it doesn't line up with Buddhism. If Nirvana, if the the, 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 the the state of Nirvana is associated with Buddhism, right? 
in when you reach nirvana, you don't want anything. You don't want anything. The, the desire is the beginning of suffering. You don't want anything. Now, in the case of capitalism, you are seeking to gain profit from basically every step of a process. Every step of a process. Everything that you're doing, you're trying to gain some profit. There's a desire right there. There's a desire for profit. If you're reaching Nirvana, you just take what you get. And you're grateful for what you get. Whatever you get, you're grateful for it and you take it. So that's why I was thinking about Moses. I'm, I'm going all over the place. I was talking about Moses because he's part of the Abrahamic religions. He's from the old school religion. From you know, There's no forgiveness. I need forgiveness because I'm a sinner. But um, I've reached my destination, so I got to go. But the... Um, uh, man. If you're a Buddhist monk and you're trying to reach Nirvana, you wouldn't really be a capitalist because you wouldn't really have a desire to do anything. I guess but that, that, that's kind of weird to say that because monks have responsibilities at the temple. They have to sweep the floors. They have to pick up the worms before they build the buildings. They have to do their chores. They have to drink tea. They have to eat their food. They can't just starve to death. So when do we when do when do we, when do we draw the line? There has to be a line of where, uh, you know, your your desire is important. Anyhow, I'm just freestyling, man. Thanks for listening to all my ramblings. You know, I'm not saying much of anything. Y'all take care of yourselves and be good and stay away from the pit bulls that have been trained to. To attack small, weak individuals. Now, you know, I got some other stuff to say. Like, for instance, I'm gonna just close out with this. They have a phenomenon called the manosphere, and you hear about, you hear these bitter. Hold on. Like, I'm gonna just do this real quick. So. You know, in the, in the, you know, you hear bitter men talking about, oh, oh the, you know, these women don't like me because uh, whatever, whatever. But listen, in the jungle, a lion, is a female lion going to ally with a, a weak male lion? Why would that benefit her in any kind of way? Anyhow, thanks.